0: Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we are very lucky this week to be joined by Sean German, who's done many things. Um, Probably listeners to this podcast may have come through some of his podcasts, like Groundhog Minute, Spinal Tap Minute. Anything I'm leaving out, Sean?
1: Um, well, yeah, and then there's the the five minutes of mime.
0: Can't forget that. I, I, you have to explain what that is for our <laughs> listeners, because just th- that concept boggles my mind.
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, probably yeah, not as familiar to your listeners because it's not a, a movie podcast. But uh, yeah, I do I do a podcast on on mime. You know, the the silent art of of, of movement and performance. Um, each episode is five minutes long. I talk a little bit about. Uh, the theory, the practice, the history of, of the art of mime, and we also do a little performance. So there's a little bit of mime in every episode, and uh, you know they're, they're only five minutes long. So yeah, check it out at fiveminutesofmime.com. So okay. it's a let video? Me, uh, yeah, I was just going to say,
0: let me ask, let me ask this question podcast? in the most delicate way I can, Sean. If you're doing a podcast that involves some minutes of mime, what am I going to enjoy as the listener?
1: Well, hopefully you enjoy all five minutes of it. Of course, um, it is. It, it, it is a work in progress. You know, you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, it, this is not. It's not a, a video thing. We're not on YouTube. You know, this is it's a regular old podcast that you listen to, and you're probably wondering how do you do? How do you do mime in a podcast? And um, that's the question we've been trying to answer for the past three years. That's a very philosophical wow, cool. question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that John. You know the
0: composer John Cage? Mm-hmm. The oh, guy yeah. who created yeah. that composition called like five minutes and thirty-three seconds, yeah, which is did. really the orchestra plays nothing, and then you're supposed to just enjoy the ambient
1: sounds. Right. Yeah. Four minutes and thirty-three like seconds of of rests in the in the, the thing. So um, I gave him an extra minute. Yeah. Um well
0: so Uh, where's my decorum, the format, uh, attention must be paid. This is minute 52 of Roadhouse. Uh, This minute starts with uh, Dalton and Doc having coffee and cigarettes, and it ends with Doc reassuring Dalton that he's not a nice guy. And Marcy, I'm really happy to have you back. We had such a good time last week. So, Sean, I I spent all of last week uh, podcasting three minutes with the Midnight Boys. Um, Let me tell you, that's a roller coaster ride. Um, it was, it was super fun. Um, but, uh, we may not go to this week in as many esoteric directions as those guys do. i sort of felt like I was just trying vainly to keep my hands on the steering wheel. Um, but it was super fun, but Marcy, I'm glad that you're back this week because th- this week, this is definitely a relationship minute week. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important that we get, you know, the male and female perspective on all this stuff. Um, but where should we start? I just, you know, I have in my notes, I just I feel bad saying this, but what does this minute start with? It starts with Dalton smoking again. Hashtag pray for Patrick. It's really oh, sad. Jeez. Well, you know. Is that I mean,
2: really a thing? What? A hashtag pray for Patrick.
0: No, that's my hashtag, Marcy. Oh, I, just I feel... hate
2: when people talk in hashtags.
0: <laughs> well, we've gotten off to a great start then. All right, we? here we go. Yeah, yeah this is. He's smoked. So, Sean, are you aware of the copious level of smoking that Patrick Swayze is doing at this point in his life?
1: Um, you mean at, at this point when the film is made or at this yeah. point like now while we're well, recording? Oh, he's not uh, smoking. He's not smoking a lot now, Sean, yeah, I'm pretty sure. sure. <laughs> or, or maybe a, a, an awful lot. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of smoking. This is kind of timely. There was a, As we're recording, I, I don't know if you... Um, You can edit this out if I'm uh, unnecessarily dating the recording, but uh, I think it was Benedict uh, Cumberbatch recently had an issue where he was smoking on set, trying to go method. Um, I think it was a western, so he's like hand rolling unfiltered cigarettes, and uh, and actually ended up with tobacco poisoning or nicotine poisoning. I um, hadn't heard that story from smoking so much from so many takes. So uh, yeah, so talking about uh, smoking while filming or smoking in real life is. I, that Absolutely. reminds me of
0: a story are you all familiar with the movie marathon man with um Lawrence olivier mm-hmm. and dustin hoffman yeah sure so i remember hearing a story about that where i guess there's this scene i've never seen it before but i know there's a mm-hmm. scene where dustin hoffman is like running 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 and then he's out of breath and because he was one of those stanislavski like i have to be a method actor the kind of guys
1: guys yeah he
0: did that before the scene and then Lawrence olivier has this great line he's like Maybe you should just try acting, boy. Just try acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you if you're a Cumberbatch Cover batch and maybe you're not a big natural smoker, maybe you just kind of like get those clove cigarettes and just fake it.
1: Yeah. And I will say, like one of the things I've seen, and maybe not so much in, in movies, but I've seen it on television where they use computer, they use CGI and they color in cigarette smoke. Really? And it, it never looks right, and I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the budget on TV or just it's one of those things like there's there's so many things that com- we can do with computers these days. I don't think cigarette smoke is one of them, and it always pulls me out, and I'm like, why don't they just just light a, a cigarette? Um, well, you, you and they what? do ha- I was just going to say they do have herb cigarettes or other things that don't have nicotine other than tobacco that I guess are are less harmful or or easier to smoke if you have to do multiple takes. But I'm so uh, glad I've never
0: even smoked cloves. I had a fraternity brother who loved to smoke cloves in college because I think (laughs) he just assumed it looked cool, but he wasn't really smoking. Uh, Marcy, have you ever been around someone who's smoking cloves?
2: I smoked one clove cigarette in my life. That Let me was tell you, plenty.
0: If I had to choose between <laughs> standing next to someone smoking a nicotine cigarette or a clove cigarette, I think it's even money and I'm walking out both times cuz it is gross either way. I,
2: I'm so glad we don't have to like go to a restaurant and then immediately come home and change all of our clothing anymore. And I was the at the
0: I was at the grocery store today, loading our groceries back into the back of our car and the woman in the car next to us was waiting to finish smoking her cigarette with her looking approximately 10 year old child. Uh-huh.
2: Like they had
0: to, the two of them had to wait outside so she could finish her cigarette. So
2: yeah, I think smoking is kind of a hassle right now.
0: That like, kid's going to be smoking in three to five years for sure. Ooh, ouch. Wow. I did, I did not expect this was going to be the smoking minute, um, but you could really say that about any of, of this movie. So, so Sean, just to finish my thought from before, at the time this movie was being made, they say Patrick Swayze was uh, pushing three packs a day in real life, which is just, you know, it's a shame.
1: Tremendous. Yeah. That's, it was, and it, and it, it stands out just how times have changed. I mean, that's the first thing, because it really opens on this minute. And playing it, my first thought is, wow, they're they're smoking, you know, inside in a diner where people are eating, and he's smoking a cigarette. Uh Neither one of them eats anything in this scene. Yeah,
0: this is this is coffee and cigarettes. Coffee and cigarettes. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's a little surprising Which... to me. I guess if if you're a doctor, you're probably used to just pounding coffee late at night. Mm-hmm. What time? What time do we think this scene takes place? Because I had a little chat with with the boys at the end of the last minute. So, when do we think this happened? Like, do you do we think this happened? right when Doc rolls up in her tablecloth miniskirt dress and says, hey, let's bounce? Or do you think she had to wait until the end of Dalton's shift?
2: I think she probably had to wait till the end of the shift. That could have been a long time.
1: Yeah, this this feels late. This feels really late to me. Well, I think it was late when they had that fight at the bar, oh, yeah. too. Yeah.
0: But, um, all right, well.
1: I mean, because there's not many people, and I don't know how much business, you know, this, this diner gets. I mean, we see... You know, we can see behind Doc, there's there's someone looks like there's maybe two people at a table. Then there's the drunk at the bar. There's not too many people here. This, you know, it's it's well after the dinner rush. So you're saying, Sean, this is the slow time at
0: Bonnie's Grill, as opposed to when it is (laughs) quite the hot spot of Jasper. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because Jasper itself is a super hot spot.
0: Not yet. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be. be. We came up with some interesting theories last week. So, I, again, I don't want to circle back too much to what we recorded last week, but you know, so there's this crazy theory. I think we're about to get to this scene, like in not this week, but maybe next week, where we see like a line out the door to the brand new double deuce oh, with yeah. approximately five times the population of Jasper. Yeah. So, we had a theory, and I want to run it by both of you that maybe. The reason why there's so many people here is this is a footloose type situation. And there's like some local ordinance in the adjacent County in Kansas that just says, you can't dance here. So everybody is just streaming across the border every night in order to go to the double deuce where you can dance.
2: That's a great theory. Um, There is dancing at the double deuce. Maybe there's some prohibition in the air towns around and they just, because of the Jasper improvement society, Jasper is the only place that has alcohol locally.
0: So you think that these other places are dry counties in addition to n- being no dancing counties?
2: That's, you know, that would drive people to Jasper.
0: It would drive yeah. them somewhere. Probably drive <laughs> yeah. them crazy.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, whether it's, yeah, I mean, whether it's blue laws or dry counties, I get the feeling that... um there's not a lot of options. If you're going out and you're looking for a good time and you're looking for some dancing and some music and some drinking, the double deuce is kind of your only option. So, yeah, they bring them in from, from miles around. We seem to have, uh, so we've established, I think Marcy and I have come to
0: that conclusion in previous minutes because the mm-hmm. argument goes something like this If you're Frank Tillman and you've just come into a little bit of money and you want to make a life for yourself, why in God's name would you have plowed all your money <laughs> to this hellhole? Mm-hmm. Presumably it's because it's the only bar but within an hour's drive. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, why, Frank? Why? why? All right. So I've got another question. So, you know, the beginning of this minute starts with this sort of like little kind of sh- um, like shadow boxing thing where, you know, I think Doc's first line is like, you know, are you always better than they are? So my question is is she wanting Dalton to be
1: humble in this scene or overconfident i think she's kind of feeling him out um and and kind of testing you know what 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 is the level of his confidence um cuz he is obviously confident but it's you know is that is it a front or is he really, is he really this cool? And it turns out, yes, yes, he is.
2: This whole conversation was so awkward to me. I felt Mm -hmm. like very uncomfortable throughout the whole thing.
1: I kind of liked it. I
0: feel like this is a conversation that actually brings them closer together.
2: I don't know. I think I have trouble with the whole romance in this movie. Like you feel like was what I don't remember the last time we podcast, it was several weeks ago, but um i remember f- like saying that i felt like he wasn't really having any game in his game and you and the the other guests it- that we had on we arguing that he was doing quite well
0: so this was the scene in the er
2: yeah You're talking about yeah
0: well i think i agree that he fumbled the ball in mm-hmm. the er but i actually think he does a nice job in these couple minutes of sort of being like playing it cool yeah, I think I think he is gradually sort of making himself more attractive to her in in her eyes because
1: he's sort of becoming he he's playing a little hard to get. Well, I wonder is he does he go too far in not being a nice guy? Like he he tries to say like I'm I'm not a nice guy, or you you know, or yeah. if I keep talking, you'll think I'm a nice guy. And it's like well, you're obviously a nice you're tough you know you're tough. And manly and masculine, but you're also a nice guy. So does he go too far to, to kind of deny being nice? Well, I, I mean, I think that's just
0: him. Again, I think it's all of a piece. That's him. That's him, sort of humble bragging, and like that's that's totally fishing for compliments. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah. which which makes but what it, she says like, and so th- what she says kind of straddles the next minute. But let's talk about it in this minute too. Like, yeah. I think I think her line in this scene is. Really great and really important. So she's. So he says to Doc, you know, I better get you back. people. If I stay here too long, you're going to start thinking I'm a nice guy. And her reply is, I know you're not a nice guy.
1: That's one of my favorite lines. What do you all think of that exchange? I know. I think it's like one of those things like I, in terms of. I don't know if you want to call it game or just in terms of a man talking to a woman, a woman, I kind of wish I could be that cool, which in real life you generally don't have the opportunity to script out a conversation and, you know, edit it and take multiple takes. And so it doesn't come out as good as, or as well as it does in, in the movies, but that's, that's kind of a sexy exchange. I I think it's nice. Yeah. What do you Um, think? What do you think Marcy?
2: Well, like I said, I was just kind of, like, I'm not feeling the whole thing. I don't know. Mm. I, I, mean, I I feel like um, it just felt uncomfortable. Like, there was a point in when he's talking, going back and forth with her, and that he just has this look on his face like he was really uncomfortable about how things were going. Well, I think the
0: middle part of their conversation, so let's circle back to that a minute. I think the middle part of their conversation is – sort of awkward in some way. Um, uh, just, just one more thought that I have. So I think it's really important that she says what she says, because I think it continues to reinforce in our minds that she has a thing for bad guys. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we're going to find out later that, you know, Dalton is kind of her, her second fling in Jasper after Brad Wesley Ugh, which
2: is so creepy because he's so old and wears that weird clothes.
0: Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's weird. I think I think I think the way she sells it is sort of like she's turning him down. But at the same time, I actually think she's probably giving him the signal that's like, no, you're fine. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're exactly mm-hmm. the kind of guy he's that she's looking for. Yeah um, where it does get awkward. And so I'm also curious about this. So there's this part in the middle of this conversation where, um, doc says to Dalton, somebody has got to do it. And then Dalton says, somebody has got to pay somebody to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So why do you all feel that Dalton makes this distinction?
2: Well, I think because he's choosing this life, you know, he, it's not like he just wants to go around, policing people i mean he's gotten himself into this line of work and you know it's work for him it's not his life and um you know he can walk away from things we already talked about that he can walk away from um you know people and places and just kind of keep moving along
0: so you're saying the reason so you're saying that Dalton's point is essentially, you know, he's
2: in it for the money.
0: This is just business. It's not pleasure. I don't do this. I don't do this for kicks. I do this for money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do think he's trying to distance himself from, I'm sure there are people in, you know, bouncers and security and other things, people that get into that line of work because they, they want to fight, they want to excuse. And then they're kind of on the, um, you know, the side that's allowed to get physical if a, if something happens, if a situation arises and he wants to differentiate himself that like, he, he's the kind of bouncer that thinks it's a good night. If he doesn't have to do any bouncing, if nothing goes wrong, if everything's quiet and he doesn't, and you know, if he has to do something, if he has to not be nice, he'll do it, but it's, you know, it's, it's just a job. He's just doing it for the money. He doesn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, but why would he do it even there- for the money? If there's a, like some aspect of it. There's a weird dichotomy to Doc's performance and
0: her relationship with Dalton. I sort of, I sort of feel like she just keeps vacillating between. I find Dalton incredibly intriguing because mm-hmm. he's a lethal weapon, but at the same time, I don't like that he's this way. Uh, and part of me feels like, and I'm curious if you all feel like feel this way too. Part of me feels like she thinks she's going to change that. Um, you know because you see this look on her face after he says someone's got to pay somebody to do it she like i mean she's smiling but she also mm-hmm. casts her eyes down like you know she's she's clearly like clearly something about his lifestyle bothers her um and we're going to see more of that in the rest of this week's minutes so i mean i guess i guess i don't so i guess i don't know so maybe that's mm-hmm. my next question do we think that doc accepts dalton for who he is or thinks that she can change him.
2: I don't know that I feel like she is in the market for changing this man. Like, I I kind of get the feeling like she is her own person and maybe doesn't, isn't like necessarily looking for somebody. And now he's trying to pick her up. And so she's just kind of in her free time exploring this situation.
0: So you feel like, wait a minute, hold on a sec. You feel like in this situation, Dalton is the one picking up doc
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: i don't feel that way at all really i mean yeah like doc is the one who came like she she accepted his incredibly clumsy proposal came out of her way to go to the double deuce watched a fist fight and then decided it would be a good idea to go out on you know to go out on a date to bonnie's grill with this guy i sort of feel like she's at least trying to put herself out to him as he is putting himself out for her
2: yeah i guess so I see that.
1: I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Break the time. Yeah,
2: I, I, I,
1: <laughs> I yeah, I think he's more interested in her than she is, and and we can get into All it. Right. There's, there's, um, they have a little exchange the next minute, which I think, yeah, I mean, just going on this minute, I would think they're just going back and forth, like they're kind of on an even even footing. But um, I think the way we see ends things end up, like she, maybe she's toying with him, maybe she's just interested just this is a different kind of guy. This is a stranger in a small town where they probably don't meet a ton of strangers. So having, um, you know, someone come in from out of town, from the big city, there's a little curiosity factor in in terms of romance. I do think he's more interested than she is. So here, so maybe if if this influences our decision, here's what it
0: says in the script. So Mm -hmm. I've got the script for Roadhouse and There's a little kind of scene that maybe kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. I don't know if it got filmed or not. Right before Doc says someone has to do it, here's what it says in the script. So Doc says to Dalton, and you like it. And Dalton says, I'm not sure I'd describe it as something I like. Not anymore. And Doc says, then why still do it? And Dalton says, a reluctance to leave something you feel you've developed a certain ability in, I suppose. There's a certain romance to it, I guess. And then he shrugs and says, and there's always the money. Hmm. Do we do we like the movie better if they leave those lines in
2: It's a certain romance to being a bouncer?
0: Yeah, that's a weird thing for Dalton to say, isn't it?
2: I don't think that uh, like I connect anything that he said at all with like the romance of being a bouncer.
0: They do cut out the line where he says he's not sure that he likes it anymore. Do we feel like, because yeah. we never hear that from Dalton in, in the movie. We never hear his opinion about whether he likes or doesn't like the things he does. Do we mm. think we should have?
1: I always kind of had that impression. So I don't know how much it changes it for me to have him say it. Certainly if you didn't, if if the thought didn't occur to you, it, it makes a big difference. Um and, you know, th- the way the movie ends up, the way what he ends up having to do, you know, goes way beyond just breaking up bar fights or whatever. Um, so, like, to know that, like, he's, you know, kind of like Take It or John Wick or something else. Like, he can do these things, but he doesn't want to have to. But he somehow keeps finding himself, you know, in the himself in this position where he has to do it or he feels backed into a corner, but he really doesn't like it. Um, I mean, kinda- I think it, it does make a difference whether he... Likes it or not, yeah. he he has a certain set of he has a certain set <laughs> of skills.
0: Skills. So, so, if if Patrick Swayze had lived long enough, would we have enjoyed him in the movie Taken? Oh yeah. What if Taken was the spiritual successor to Roadhouse, and it turns out that his daughter with do- his daughter with Doc, Doc. <laughs> had been abducted by what is it, Albanian Albanian uh, kidnappers, mm-hmm. and now he needs to go and get her back? That's a much better film. I'm, do, I'm, do, would we would we have taken. preferred Patrick Swayze more in the movie Taken, or would we have preferred yes. 1989 Liam Neeson in the movie Roadhouse? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I think he was in Ethan Frome, and I fell totally in love with him in Ethan Frome okay. at that, that time period.
0: How do you feel about Ethan Frome's roundhouse kicks?
2: No, I don't think that would work. He's too lanky. I don't but think he, that would have been a good look.
0: He did find that action star gear at some point in his life. But so not scary. a martial
2: so arts. Scary. I don't feel like he like fits the martial arts mode. It's
0: so strange that Liam Neeson had this, like the world's most serious actor career. Mm -hmm. And then he just totally changed gears and decided to become a completely different actor. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess, I guess the explanation is out there that it, that's what happened sort of in his, in his life when that, you know, when his wife died tragically like that. But it's, it's such, I can't, I can't think of any other actor that has had like such distinct two phases in their career.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, it happened for Leslie Nielsen, who I think most people—I may mean, say the name and they think airplane and and comedy and slapstick and kind of parody. He was a serious actor for most of his life really? until airplane come along. Yeah, Leslie, you know, and um, wasn't oh, he no, in so Police like Squad? Him. Yeah, but was that's that- all. That's that's all after airplane. I mean, that's he was all after in, airplane. He. He was in Forbidden Planet. Like back in the 60s and the 50s, he was a serious actor. Like, and that's, that's part of the joke in Airplane is that they got all these serious dramatic actors. Like Kareem in, Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, you know, previously had only been, I believe it only been in martial arts films with Bruce Lee. <laughs> um, but yeah, Leslie Nielsen was in, yeah, w- was in all these, you know, serious dramatic parts. Wait, that's uh, and, that's
0: him in Forbidden Planet with yeah. um who is that with um francis and yeah forbidden planet is that the one where there's like a like a a like a shipwrecked astronaut with an alien and it's like a weird buddy cop movie oh no that's that's yeah. en- no that's that's enemy mine i'm sorry i was oh, thinking no, of enemy, enemy mine just then.
1: no for, forbidden planet is sort of a retelling of uh, shakespeare's tempest there's a, a a scientist and his daughter are the only survivors of a mission to the strange planet. And Leslie Nielsen is the commander of a ship that is coming, exploring slash rescuing them. And there's like, uh, you know, strange un- unseen monster wandering mm-hmm. about. And I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it. It's, it's a great film, but... Um, spoilers for this 60-year-old movie. Yeah, spoilers for the 60-year-old movie. <laughs> but yeah, Leslie Nielsen is, uh, you know, is, is is a serious actor. And that did a, a bunch of stuff. You he know, was on, I mean, a, a bunch of TV stuff, Dr. Kildare and Bonanza and, you know, shows like that back in the 60s. But, yeah, he was a, a, a straight up serious dramatic actor. Wow. Then a, a couple of knuckleheads uh, called the Zucker Brothers come along and they make this this parody called Airplane. And suddenly he's a comedian. Suddenly Leslie Nielsen has a whole new career as a a comedic actor in, you know, the, the naked gun stuff and police squad and and all that. Hmm. Um, All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he had done comedy until the eighties. That is a good, that is a, that is a good example. Um, I mean, yeah, but but that, yeah. So you're talking about like, who, who has that, that career shift? I mean, I guess shifting to comedy after being in films for 30 years is a little different than suddenly becoming a, a, you know, an action hero as an octogenarian, but Um, well, (laughs) you know, know, it can happen. 60 is the new 50. So God bless you, Liam. You do you.
0: So before we forget, we got to talk about the little thing, the the little exchange, um, if you want to call it that with Dalton and the, uh, the man at the bar or the the counter, Mm -hmm. um, it's, which is going to, we're going to come back again and talk about it in the next minute. Um, How do we feel about this? One would say perhaps that this scene is a little too on the nose. Some people have accused parts of Roadhouse of being very on the nose. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that the fact that so the fact that he would like help someone who's literally about to fall out of their chair, it certainly, I guess, accomplishes what it is trying to do. Um, How do we feel about that part?
2: I I don't remember what the dialogue is exactly around that time, but I feel like the dialogue was just like when they have.
0: So there's no dialogue in in this scene.
2: In this movie, it seems like they have, like, lyrics to music that are um, about the scene. And so I felt like that was also the the case here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not subtle. So this is not the scene where they talk about the guy. Who, by the way, just in case you're wondering, I believe he's played by this guy named Bruce Nahan. And he's not credited. You know, so I guess you got to have a line if if you're going to do more than just fall out of a chair. Um, But, you know, so just the fact that Dalton kind of reaches over and steadies him. Obviously, I guess is put in there to just kind of show Doc
1: that he really is a good guy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean the the juxtaposition is as he's as he's saying, you know, I don't want you to get the idea that I'm nice, but I'm doing this nice thing right in front of you that contradicts what I what I'm gonna say about not being nice. And she says, I know you're not nice. You know, I know you're not a nice guy, but you're not. I mean, I, and then maybe we're, maybe you can split hairs over. Yeah. He's not nice, but he's humane. You know, you can say, well, that's the least he do. You know, this, this poor guy, it's a late night. He's, he's, he's asleep on his feet. He's fallen off his stool. Just help him out. Like he doesn't do a lot. Uh, at least this minute, you know, he just helps him, uh, you know, helps him stay on his stool. So you can say, well, that's not even nice. That's just being a, a decent human being. Okay. So you're not nice, but you're decent. Are we, are we splitting hairs? I mean,
0: I think Dalton's, point is that he is a nice guy he's like again mm-hmm. what's dalton's third rule he's nice until it's time until. not to be nice right we say right. that at the beginning of every episode mm-hmm. um so you know and this is a case where it's time to be nice god yeah. dalton i i'm sorry dalton is like so cool in this minute i have written down in my notes yeah. he's like he's in joe cool mood yeah. he reminds me sort of, of han solo like that mm-hmm. movie has where he like he like snuffs out a cigarette and then he gives her the whole I don't want you to think I'm a nice guy. Line. He's he's very cool. I mean, yeah. don't you think his whole shtick in this minute would work on you, Marcy? I don't even think we need to answer that question.
2: <laughs> I don't know that I do though. I'm ha- really I'm having a like I've told you several times. I'm having a very hard time with the romance part of of Roadhouse. Like I don't feel like he's being particularly suave interesting attractive engaging in this context
0: okay so given the fact that we usually have to help you pick your chin up off the floor whenever we see patrick swayze it sounds like the more he talks the less you find him interesting
2: the more he talks to this woman i just don't find it interesting yeah i'm fine with the rest of the movie the oiled up tai chi is great you know like this that's not a problem it's i don't and maybe it's just there's a The kind of chemistry between these two people is off to me, or something. I don't, I don't like it. Shawnee.
0: Sean, are you aware that uh, Kelly Lynch is a uh, recast in this movie? No, I'm trying to think. I was I was reading some
1: of the kind of trivia and stuff, but I don't, so, that does not. I'm just out.
0: mentioning that because, you know, so there's this thought that they don't have chemistry. Yeah. Hilariously, if you listen to the director's commentary that I've had the privilege of doing in this minute, in particular, Rowdy Harrington describes Patrick Swayze's ke- uh, chemistry with Kelly Lynch as, quote, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no. So Kelly Lynch replaced an actor that got fired off the set. And I bet if I gave you a hundred guesses, you would never know who it is. So I'll just tell you, it almost was Annette Benning. Yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> no, That's, I don't either.
2: That seems terrible. He's
0: not going to have chemistry. Maybe it's Kelly Lynch. Okay, like Marcy and I have done this several times, but you're new to the podcast, Sean. Like, yes. where do you, where do you, where do you land on Kelly Lynch in terms of her ability to be a good scene partner?
1: I, I think it works. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I'm not deep into. The uh the the CV of Kelly Lynch. Like I can I don't think of a lot of things. I kind of I know her and actually coincidentally, just from 1989. I kind of really know her from this and drugstore cowboy. That's the only thing, other thing I know that she's in. And I even I haven't even seen that one. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's 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 pretty good in that. Like I I I think they're working together. I mean, it's it's mostly Swayze. I mean, he's got Like, he's a star. He's someone I look at and be like, oh, yes, that guy is should be on the big screen. Like he belongs there. He's got the he's he's got that it factor for me, at least. And I I do think he's doing the heavy lifting, but she's she's holding her own, I'd say, as a as you know, as a scene partner. And it really is just the the two of them back and forth uh, across the table here.
0: I think when I began recording for this whole podcast, I was really down on Kelly Lynch. I think she has gradually grown on me as an actor Mm. as we've gone through here. Mm. And I I enjoy this. I enjoy these three minutes a lot.
2: I think we flip-flopped because I'm not digging her.
0: It could be a little Stockholm Syndrome when you lock yourself in show prep. (laughs) Sean knows this too. When you lock yourself in show prep, it's hard to... uh, it's hard to dislike parts of your movie. So, Sean, uh, we like to do a couple of guest features throughout the week when, we, when we're when we lucky enough to have a, a guest on. Uh, on our Monday show, we like to ask our guests what their f- first experience is that they can remember with Roadhouse. So can you put yourself in the Wayback Machine and take yourself back to 1989 or more recently? What do you remember about seeing Roadhouse for the first time?
1: I'm trying to think. And I, had, I have this thing where uh, good films or, or films that I like I can't remember the first time I saw them and it's probably cause I end up rewatching them, uh, you know, over and over again. So that the kind of the first experience gets washed out. Meanwhile, I can tell you like day and time, you know, which showing I, I saw a bad movie. You know, I could tell you, uh, you know, the first time when I saw Jaws 3d or, you know, when I saw Forrest <laughs> Gump or, or something like that, you know, I, I remember the bad movies, the good ones. Um, I think they get lost in the reviewing. So I don't, yeah, I don't remember the first time, I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the theater. Um, Do you re- but, remember what your reaction was to sort of early, early, early watchings? Yeah. I mean, so certainly like the, um, you know, I've kind of grown up, like I was around, I was alive in 1989 when this came out. and I feel like I kind of grew up with it where, um, you know, it, it, probably the first viewing, I would have been more into the fights and the action scenes, you know, the the time when, uh, when Dalton gets to not be nice. I'd be more interested in, in, in that aspect of it, where now I'm like, you know, kind of appreciating the um, the being nice until part of his character and the more measured aspects of of Dalton. So I do think my appreciation has sort of ripened as I've aged. You're deconstructing the subtleties and the
0: nuances
1: of this fine cinematic masterpiece. Yes, exactly. Well, there's a you know it's a it's a complex character with a lot of different sides and um a lot of different challenges as kind of an outsider coming into this small town, both um you know professionally as a as a cooler and um you know, personally, even romantically, yes, as we see here with Doc. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you brought up Jaws 3D.
0: Uh, so last night, um, I was watching Jaws for the first mm-hmm. time with my 13-year-old son, which nice. was fantastic. Like, I don't know if you have kids, but. One of the things that I enjoy doing sometimes, I don't watch the movie so much anymore. I watch my kid watching the mm-hmm. movie, and last night, like I knew, last night he almost separated himself from his body when <laughs> Ben Gardner's head pops into view in his boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and all, like every other scene was great. It was such an enjoyable experience for me. And then I said to after I said to him afterwards, "Don't watch any of the sequels to this man. They're all crap."
1: Yeah, just, it, it ends here. This exactly. and Highlander. No uh this, this, <laughs> yes. yeah. So exactly. have have you watched Roadhouse? I'm sorry. What? Yet. Have you watched
0: Roadhouse with him yet? No. He he. This is not an appropriate movie for a 13 year old. He's <laughs> okay. not ready
1: for this movie. Let's yet. give it. Okay. Maybe two, three years.
2: There's a yeah. The intimacy against the wall is a little bit too much. He'd crawl right underneath the couch.
0: Mm-hmm. I would be crawling underneath him, underneath the couch, <laughs> if I had to watch
2: uh, any of
0: those scenes with him. Yeah. Um, You know, he's he's not quite ready for that. Sean, before we close, um, can you just help remind us again all the places that we can uh, see or hear you on the Internet?
1: Sure. So uh, so as you mentioned at the opening, I've I've done a couple movies in this fashion, covering them one minute at a time. Uh, I started out with This is Spinal Tap that you can find that at Spinal Tap Minute. And I have uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, that I covered one minute at a time, and that's at groundhogminute.com. And also let me throw in, so all my all my podcasts, the movie stuff, the mime stuff, and all my guest appearances, I have at my home base, which is catandshawn.org. That's cat, C-A-T, and sean, S-E-A-N.org. And that'll li- link to um, to all the podcast stuff, all the guest appearances, including this one when it when it comes out. I feel like that Spinal Tap... Uh,
0: podcast was one of the earlier ones is that true um well i, I guess now <laughs> at the so, well, it's, I, so here's why yeah. i was asking i i feel like it would have been a boss move to do that 11 mm. minutes at a time um mm. but uh yeah. i feel like at that time like that just wasn't done that that was that was like crossing the streams you had to do yeah. your podcast a minute at the time or else you were breaking the format
1: yeah, I'm trying to think at that point because now we've got their folks doing five minutes at a time or seven minutes time over things. Well, it's it's quite a short film, um, so if we did it 11 minutes at a time, which is great, I don't know why I hadn't thought of that until now, or no one else, no one has suggested it. But um, you'd only get eight episodes. Oh, it'd be way okay. too short. <laughs> so that's, that is that is a solid
0: point. We almost yeah. called this the Double Deuce Cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was advised uh, by the fine folks in Facebook that it might mess with the SEO. So we should really sort of keep roadhouse in the title if we can. So guess what, yeah. Marcy, because of that, we have to do twice as many shows. I know <laughs> <laughs> we're getting close though. We are getting really close to the halfway point. Oh, now, I thought
2: you were going to say beyond the halfway point next no, at huh? the
0: end of next week is the halfway point. Yeah. Well, thank you for once again for listening to another episode of roadhouse minute please if you can rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app come and join us on facebook at the new double deuce we're also on twitter and instagram at rh minute and you can email us at dalton nice at gmail.com so remember until next time be nice bye now
2: bye